You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. Tyler, we're here again. You know, I would like to hear from your perspective why why we're here again. Because obviously I'm the producer of the podcast, so I, you know, I can talk about things. But I think it would be really interesting to hear your perspective for just so everyone listening can know what Tyler, why are we here today? Well, it was a beautiful morning. I can't remember. It's, it feels like it was a Tuesday. And everything was going well. I had just taken my dog for a walk. I was drinking some hot chocolate, getting ready to go into the lab. Everything was looking up in the world. And I got this message from one Mike Shepard that was, a, that was just titled something along the lines of like Picard question mark. And like it was just it's that moment like that we've all had before where you suddenly realize that something that you hadn't even been thinking of was about to explode. Like there's a bomb under the table you didn't even know was there. And seconds before it explodes, you know, it's going to go off. And I just remember thinking, well, I guess I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because I, we were talking about this offline. You and I were not going to do this. Mm-mm. We were, we were not going to come back to the Star Trek well of the of the new trek Mm-mm. we'll call it the new we were not going to come back here we'd actually discussed future star trek episodes about classic trek yeah you know and we actually got kind of excited go, oh we could do this next we could do this next because some people like our star trek shows and we're like oh we'll we'll do we'll do a few here and there for that small group um turns out it may be it may be a minority but they're vocal <laughs> they have uh, opinions and they are going to be heard because from my perspective, because I, I do think you're right. I think it might have been a Tuesday like morning or whatever when you read it. But I sent it to you late, I think, on a Monday night. Because mm. what had happened was Star Trek Picard Season 3 had debuted on the Thursday, like one episode. And between the Thursday and the Monday, I, I, I 10 people reached out and emailed. <laughs> now, that doesn't seem like a lot. And like our listenership is obviously bigger than that. But it is kind of a lot because... It's one for one topic to have 10 different people email. And even by this point of us recording, I think it's somewhere between 14 and 16 individuals have reached out asking us to review. Well, they really said the pilot episode, but we're going to talk about, you know, the ones we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, but that's what made me go. All right. Let me see what Tyler's doing. Like, I just <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't thinking about it either. And then. When fans reached out, I went, okay, well, you know, that's that's enough people for me to do something. Because we, on Screening Kingston, we, you know, we have our movie clubs and we have our Oscars pool, which brings in like 40, 50, 60 people, which is great. Mm-hmm. But we rarely have more than a handful of people email about the same topic. Yeah. 
Like the last time we had this intense of a consensus um, in the screening in Kingston was probably when they all decided in one unified voice that you had to go and watch Clifford the Big Red Dog. That was probably the last time. <laughs> yes, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that the, the most voted poll we've ever done. <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yes. Ne- never has, has our audience been so united. In an opinion. And I'm so sad uh, because that, I yeah. voted for that, and now this is this is it coming home to roost. My big red rooster is coming home, and I have to sit here. And this is so sad. Everyone voted for that. I don't think anyone voted for the other options. I think it was Clifford, Big Red Dog, or nothing. Like they were just like, no, this is what you're seeing. It was one of <laughs> my favorite no beginnings. One of my favorite beginnings to an episode of all time is just you describing your experience of going to see Clifford, the Big Red Dog. <laughs> I felt a little bad because of what I had forced you to go through at the same time. It was just such good podcasting. You got <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It makes rough on the host usually means good podcast. Yeah. Um so yeah, today we're talking Star Trek Picard, season three, episodes one through three. Mm-hmm. That's what you and I have seen to date. Mm-hmm. By the time this comes out, there's been probably a couple more episodes, but this is what you and I have seen so far. This is as far as we want to go. We're going to talk about the episodes. We're going to review them. We're going to talk about the the um, the, the show itself. We we do have a few sort of fan. Po- I wouldn't say questions as much as pointing us in directions. Mm-hmm. Like they want us to talk about specific things. Right. Um, one person. I'm, I'm, I will read as many of them as I can. But one person I want to give credit to because this is pretty pretty funny. Uh, Akil, who's written in many times. Yep. Uh, this email is titled. Star Trek Picard Season 3 Review. In the body of the email, Captain Shaw, question mark? End of email. So so I guess he really wants us to talk about Captain Shaw. Fair. uh, One of the new characters, uh, which we we will do. We will try to do our best to cover the many little sentences we've been given by fans. But most of the emails are just like, you guys got to review this. Have you seen it yet? It's so good. Come on. You got to talk about it now. Um, (laughs) So here we are. So here we are. Um, And I got to say, it's like um, a little spoiler for the discussion. Captain Shaw's energy, very much in keeping with my general disposition when I was approaching this show. (laughs) It's like Captain Shaw, the the actor just doesn't want to be there. He's like, (laughs) he is me. (laughs) When I was like sitting down to watch the show and then like my avatar is on screen being like, I'm done with you. And I'm like, yes, me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because he just, that they've never, I think in Star Trek history, written a character who just hates everyone around him. Maybe including himself. Like, it's kind of hard to tell yep. how he even feels about himself. Like, he just hates life. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, it is funny. <laughs> so so we've got, we've got a lot to cover because we're going to talk about those three episodes. We're going to try to break them down, talk about each of them. Um, we might do a little bit of predicting. I, I have some predictions. Mm, okay. Because I, as I was thinking about it, because no matter how good they do this is still new Trek and they can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. So I came up with bold predictions that are, some of them are really stupid. Ooh, I like it. And I tried to think of what's the dumbest thing. Cause already one of my predictions, Tyler, like that we have been revealed in these three episodes. I was right. Yep. And I, it was, it was the second dumbest thing I could think of. And I'm going to reveal what the first dumbest thing was. And we will talk about that, right. but I was correct. And I was like, well, this is dumb. It would be dumb if it was this. And then it was that. And I'm like, Oh, 
Yeah, I, I have I have predictions on what your predictions will be. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good. That's how we do it here. We predict uh, moods. Um, so we're going to do that. And I guess, spoiler warning, um, you're probably listening to this because you've watched Star Trek Picard mm-hmm. and or you don't care and you just want to watch a squirm. So I think it's fair to say spoiler. We're going to talk about episodes one, two, and three, which has somewhat of a reveal in it. Uh, at some point in time so we will be spoiling a little bit um but also on the on the topic of shaw i have a shaw prediction Ooh, excited so we'll talk about that that fits into what akil says um so before we get into some of the fan stuff because that that's really going to get specific i thought we should just start from the beginning mm-hmm. let's give our initial thoughts on on star trek Picard season three so far and then we'll dive into episode one and i'll try to match the fan questions with specific things as they bring it up mm-hmm. um so without going into t- too much episode detail tyler let me hear it what do you think so far of season three of star trek picard um i think the best word to describe <laughs> That's good. it we should leave it right there <laughs> um <laughs> end of the episode <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we're just done i like Sorry, it continue. i like it <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I, like, it's hard, right? Because as I, I, I went into this with so much disdain that, like, every moment that was pleasant was, like, pick, had to pick apart, pick through so much bias in order to actually find its way to anything resembling an emotional response. And yeah. any small slight that I perceived just added to my overall narrative. I'm like, you see, there they go again. These people can't write Star Trek to say like, And so I, yeah. I'm trying to be as fair as possible when I say that I am very ambivalent about the show in terms of I have strong opposing feelings in multiple directions. Yeah. In some ways, I feel like they're trying to do what I figured they always should have done in the first place. If you're going to give us a Star Trek Picard show, clearly you don't care about providing us anything new. You're trying to squeeze as much gravy out of this train as you possibly can um, and give us our our nostalgia bait. That's what you want. And, and, so, and so you know what? Fine. If that's what this is going to be, like, just do it. Like, it's like Just give us all of the characters back give us all of the nostalgia it's like it's fine that's the best that this show is going to be able to pull off and it's like in some ways um in other ways i find that it's really interesting how this show's new format like the stuff that has been created within star trek picard is clashing hard with their attempts to bring in the nostalgic parts <laughs> yeah, it's so true <laughs> it's like you- it's like there's two things fighting against each other yep. one is like star trek and one is the new Star Trek, and they're they keep running into each other. Yeah, and it's so clashing that it's weird. <laughs> yeah, like I think one of the best ways to showcase just how strange this juxtaposition is is that like you have one storyline that's going on, and it's like got like fun little like qu- is like quips between characters, and it's like a lot of like nostalgia points, and like watching the characters with like all this stuff, and then you go to the other one, and it's like this attempt at a hard, gritty like. I don't know, some sort of like hard boiled detective, like, you can't throw me off the case. <laughs> like, oh, is that, that you mean the raft? Yeah. Stuff? And I'm like, this is like, every time we switch back to this, the tonal shift from like, yeah. it's like, okay, Riker's talking about how old his knees are to suddenly like, oh, and Raffi's toying with the idea of uh, ditching her sobriety and falling back into a life of hard drugs. I'm like, oh, this is a fun 
little what twist we've is created. Rafi even still doing here? <laughs> like, it's the only thing that has stuck around from the first two seasons, yep. really, other than like seven, I guess. But even they've changed her. Yes, it's the only thing that they that they kept is Rafi, and I don't under I just don't get it because, like, again, the the actor seems fine. Like, I don't want to say that she's not given a, a good performance with what she's given. It's just the character sucks. Well, the character's had one beat for three seasons. Well, I assume three seasons. I, it's, 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 yes, it should be yes. pointed that I skipped season two. <laughs> which is... And you know what was you know what was hilarious? I thought it was so funny. When I emailed you, you, like, for some reason thought that would be important. <laughs> and I'm like, and all I was thinking, like, come on, Tyler. Like, I did, I responded nicely, but I was thinking, come on, you're smarter than you're that. You're smarter than like, that. You, you know this doesn't matter. You, you know this doesn't matter. You know season two is irrelevant. <laughs> the only thing that season two did was get rid of some characters. They're not dead, but they're just, it's elsewhere. Yeah. Got rid of some characters. Yeah. I didn't finish season two either, but I got like a quick synopsis of like what happened just in case. And I was like, oh, and then the minute the pilot of, of this, like the first episode of season three happened, I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't need to know ir- that. Irrelevant, irrelevant. <laughs> season one and two, irrelevant. This seems like it's a new season one. Yeah. Yeah, it does kind of feel <laughs> really like that. Is. And that's what I'm meaning. Like, they sh- this is what they should have been doing from the start in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like, um, you know... As much as like the first uh, Picard, I think the first episode of season one of Picard had my hopes up in ways that uh, it's like I laugh at myself now. Oh, you sweet summer child, what you thought could have been um, something that I thought that they were going to do, which I thought was kind of interesting, is that they were going to present this new updated version of Star Trek, which is the Alex Kurtzman universe, where everything right. is edgy and everyone's swearing and everyone's grumpy and the lighting is all like cinematic dark. And then you're going to put Picard into the front of it, and he's going to basically be able to pull out of these characters that kind of joy that the original Star Trek had. And they started with that a little bit in the first season of Picard mm-hmm. and then dropped it like it was hot, like it was boiling hot. Yeah. Um, and so I was hoping that we were going to get more of that this time around. And we do somewhat, but not nearly as much yeah. as we need. I I will agree with you on a couple of points that you made. And, and the first being that... Th- now... If this had been, because I had the same bias you have, mm-hmm. if this had been, like there wasn't a season one and two, and this was the first season of something called Star Trek Picard, and they were doing like a one season return, mm-hmm. I think I'd be a little bit nicer mm-hmm. about it, because I would think like, okay, it's not great, but it's not egregious. Yeah. Because especially if I'm still coming off of Star Trek Discovery, I would say season three of Picard is an improvement on classic Trek, on, on new Trek, sorry, mm-hmm. for me so far. With that being said, they can't help themselves. <laughs> Every time I get lulled into a sense of like, oh, this like this is kind of interesting. Like this is going in an interesting way. Then Riker like publicly embarrasses Joy LaForge's daughter about some accident mm-hmm. from the Academy for like a minute and a half. Yep. And I'm like, this isn't funny no. or quirky or interesting. It's just awkward. Like yep. the, the, the beats of each episode stop. For like Alex Kurtzman moments where it's like, this will be funny and quirky. And it's not, it just doesn't work. Like the natural charisma of Riker and Picard creates some good humor, mm-hmm. but it's not because of the script. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, there is something enjoyable about watching Picard. Is it watching Picard tell Riker to shut it, which is, it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like that, that type of humor we've seen in Trek before and it can work. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, to me, okay, so it's, here are my initial thoughts overall mm-hmm. of, of this so far. We're basically, I know what they're doing. 
they're making it like Star Trek movies, down to the fonts they're using. Down to the the like mu- music they're using for the final, final credits. Using. Yep. This is basically a mix. Like the first episode is a mix of like Search for Spock and Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. yep. down to the costume choices. Did you notice that Beverly was wearing like the same thing Kirk is wearing in Wrath of Khan with like the on the shoulders, like that weird pattern thing. Oh, no, I didn't I, notice I that. that. Oh. It's the exact same. She's wearing his uniform, basically. <laughs> She's exactly looking like Kirk. Like, down to that. And the shot of the of the Titan leaving space dock is, like, right oh, out that's of all the Oh, that's all Search for Spock, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and it's... It, okay, so I get it. You're doing a Search for Spock, Wrath of Khan, but without a villain that we know, just some random person. Okay, fine, fine, fine. You just want to do, like, a... a Go to the movies, make us feel like that's fine. I have no problem with the aesthetics of this show. Mm -hmm. And I don't even have a problem with doing a little bit more cinematic. Things have changed. You can't quite do the the pale tones of, of Star Trek. Fine. My issue is that I still think the new characters they write act like teenagers. Mm. Yep. To the point where, so you've got the moody teenager Shaw. You've got the I'm just so happy to be here teenager, which is Jory LaForge's daughter, mm-hmm. whoever that is. And everyone on the crew are either one-dimensional people who don't say anything and they're just there to like be people, which is fine. But every new person you meet has to have some quirk to them. Yep. Like they have to be quirky. We're going to have a quirky personality and I'm going to be quirky and I'm either going to talk fast or I'm going to talk like really slow or I'm going to be like mad at you for no reason and maybe we'll find out later. Um, and I just find that I just kind of want them to get out of the way. Yeah, but if, I think if that was the only problem, I wouldn't be so unhappy about it. I think what really makes me the only problem. Well, no, but but like <laughs> what I think what makes me really unhappy is the fact that that the teenagerification of all the characters isn't just res, like resigned to the new characters. The old characters are getting that as well. Like there are moments, yeah. especially in the third episode, where they're like Picard and Riker are having like arguments on the bridge in front of everyone, and I'm like. Which would never. The, yeah, I'm like, it's like everything that Picard does in that last episode, I just do not understand. I don't understand anything. Why is he so gung ho? Is a why is he so like violent minded? Why is he saying these things in front of all the crew? Like none of this makes any sense. <laughs> he's he's acting like a teenager, yeah. or maybe he's acting like yeah. an eighty five year old man, which he is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. And see, the thing is, is that their characters are degrading over these episodes because mm-hmm. in the first episode. I will give them credit for this. There were so many conversations between Riker and Picard and Picard and his, I don't even know her, her name, the, the Romulan lady he lives with. Yeah. Um, I, is he in a relationship with this lady? Yeah. I yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. I, so. I believe so. Okay. I was like, at least okay, I'm, okay. I'm gathering that from, I remember I watched the first episode of season two and there was a whole thing in that <laughs> yes. about how she like was effectively saying she wanted a relationship, which is one again, okay. once again, one of these really fun moments where you have Patrick Stewart, is like dating someone who's like 20 years his junior but whatever um and then uh yeah and so i just assumed that they got together in the end and that was the conclusion of that season i'm like good done so there there was a conversation there (laughs) that took place uh about so i think this would have been maybe around when or they was they were talking about beverly crush Mm -hmm. and she was like oh you know you two were together you had a relationship or you tried, she said, you tried to have a relationship. And, and Picard says, you know, trying being the op- operative word. Yeah. Or whatever. And I thought, 
I'm like, I was like, okay, that to me is Picard. Yeah. I'm not going to give you too much. I might hint at something, but I'm going to close things off. Yeah. And even when finally Riker gets there, and I think maybe it's the second or third episode, but when Riker meets uh, Jack Crusher, who we're going to talk about, mm. uh, he keeps saying to Picard, he's like, do you not see what I see? Like he's trying to edit and Picard's not saying anything. Yeah. And to, again, those were moments where I'm like, okay, you you got his character. Right? Yeah. He's a little bit closed off. Yes, people can change over time. I get it. He's older. He probably has a different relationship with Riker than he did when he was when Riker was under his command. Definitely. Yep. But still, I think Jean-Luc Picard's instincts would be, I'm not going to make judgment. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to sort of see what's going on. They got that right. Mm-hmm. And then a scene later, they're badgering each other on the bridge in front of everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, what ha- What happened? <laughs> like, you did it. You did it. You had it for a second, and then you disappointed me again. Like, they keep doing this. They can't help themselves. It's like the writer left the room, and then Alex Kurtzman came in while they weren't there and started just writing things, and they came back, and they're like, yeah. wait, what Alex happened? Kurt- <laughs> Alex Kurtzman seems to be on, like, some sort of a tirade here where he's like, well, you know, the writers under Gene Ronberry were never allowed to make people fight, so we got to make up for that and have everyone has to have a conflict, mm. right? Seven has to have a conflict with Raffi. Picard has to have a conflict with Riker. Riker has to have some sort of conflict with Troy. Yeah. Like everyone has to hate each other. Shaw is just going to hate everybody. The minute you walk in a room, Shaw is just going to be like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And that is not good writing. You're, you're forcing these, these issues and these, these things that can be solved by literally like if Shaw was a real human being, I would say, Hey, what's your problem? Mm-hmm. And then the, and then we would probably find out and then it would be over. You know, I just, I can't stand it where they lull you into this false sense. Because I, I watched the first episode and th- thought the same thing as you. I'm like, well, this isn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few things. But I'm like, maybe this will be good. And I got tricked again. But I, like, I just don't trust the, these people. Like, I just can't. I, I, I'm so mad. It makes me so upset. I made so many notes. <laughs> And I can't even read them and get into them. And I thought, okay, this time when we review this, I'm going to be like really organized, really like here's all my notes on Star Trek Picard. And I haven't even looked at it and I don't want to. Because you're just going to make me so mad. mad. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I feel you must have felt similarly with these episodes where like it's it kind of starts out okay, A hundred percent. And has and has gone in a direction where it's like. Like it's a slow climb down, is what I'm feeling. But I, I, it's definitely going down. But it's slowly doing it. Yeah, it's like that feeling if you're ever like walking and you kind of are losing your balance and you keep thinking that you're going to be able to correct it, so you keep not like taking more drastic action. And then by the time you realize you need to take drastic action, it's too late and you're already yeah. falling. You're like, oh no. And yeah. I'm hoping I still like that's what really makes me sad. I feel much like Raffi in this is like in this show in the way that I still have some sort of strange hope that this thing that keeps hurting me is going to somehow turn it around. I'm that this trend of downwards that you've described so it's like so perfectly from like episode one to two to three, that downward trend is going to somehow correct itself before we we go up and to the point i have so much hope that i am going to still keep on watching these darn episodes um yeah but and that's stupid and that's That's stupid i'm being dumb i'm being real (laughs) dumb and i don't know how to fix myself (laughs) yeah but i like i have to agree with our fans on one thing because a lot of the fans who wrote in said well like this is a lot better oh yeah like we want you to review this because it's a lot better and okay true Mm -hmm. 
Yes, I, I've eaten garbage for a long time, and then you took me to McDonald's. True, it's better, but it's still, it's not great for you, but it's certainly better than what I had before. Like, I will agree with that. Yeah. And to give them, like, especially the first episode, I understand the instant reaction, because the first episode was way better than anything Star Trek Picard or Discovery has done so far. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely way better even though I the whole time I'm like, oh, this is just basically Wrath of Khan and, and Search for Spock. Like it's, it's it's reminding me so much of those movies, but I kind of was okay with that. Um, and then it, I think your metaphor is so good because it's that slow decline, but they're doing enough right yeah. or close to right that you're kind of like, well... They could stick this landing. <laughs> it, it, it might. It might be all right. This might. I think we can pull this off, people. Oh well. Okay. No, but we're no. still. We're still in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So. So. I think. I think in terms of the first episode mm-hmm. titled "The Next Generation." Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's. I don't even. The title. The only way they could have made it worse is they called it the next next generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the only way that would have made it so much work. I had, I have a great title that I'm keeping for myself mm. for a Star Trek thing that would be so much better than that. But anyway, moving forward. So I, I, you know, I was on board for the concept. Beverly Crusher sends a message to Picard. She says, trust no one. We don't know why. Because of Picard's connection with Seven, Picard Riker and Seven get on board the Titan where Seven's serving. We meet Captain Angry and we go off on this adventure mm-hmm. and they have to basically trick him and, and get them there and, and try to find Beverly Crusher. And I think the episode ends with them, what, like boarding the ship mm-hmm. and discovering that, you know, there's another dude on board. <laughs> there's some kid. There's some like guy. There's a, I'm just going to call him a kid. He's not a kid. He's like a 30 year old man. Yeah. is <laughs> on board this ship. Um, and Crusher's really hurt and she's in some sort of chamber or something. Maybe that happens in the second episode. But we, we basically get the, the reveal of, of, you know, the villain's ship and there's this other dude they find. A fine pilot for, for, for a TV series mm-hmm. and a fine first episode of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Then we get into, yeah, then we get to episode two. And things kind of, to me, start to slow down a little bit. Like, I-, I thought the third episode sped up a bit and we got, like, a little bit more of what the heck was going on. Yeah. But the second episode kind of, they stayed in the same spot for a very long time. Yeah, it's kind of like an um, interstitial episode. Like, it's one of those scenarios where it's uh, the kind of problem that I have with a lot of, like, the more kind of, like, through-line shows that have, like, one continuing story arc is that you'll always get these episodes where you just feel like I'm I'm puttering around, I'm wasting time so I can get from point A to point B. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm somewhere stranded in between the two. <laughs> so there's a couple things we need to address here from fan questions, and I think cool. this is a good time because we're we're, we're introduced to our villain, mm-hmm. um, or or maybe the villain of the series, certainly the villain of right now. Yeah, definitely the immediate um, threat. <laughs> The immediate threat were introduced, and a couple fans wrote in here. So uh, Jenny wants to know what do you think of this villain that seems to have shades of Wrath of Khan. So Jenny actually agrees with me yep. <laughs> with the Wrath of Khan thing. So what do, what do you think of our immediate threat villain that we're getting here? I think she's doing a good enough job. She's creepy, for sure. It's like she's different. The creepiness is 
good. Yeah, yes. she's very creepy. The um the sh- the the ship is scary looking. Um and obviously like an overmatch for the um what do they call it? The retrofit uh, constitution class that is uh, the Titan. Mm. Um and uh so like definitely it's it's checking the boxes of being like scary, of being daunting, of being an obvious threat and um and so I'm, I'm I'm so far on board with like the the antagonist, at least as far as it is an immediate threat. I don't really know what we're gonna get from this character more than just yes. creepy giggles, but for the moment, that's what I'm worried about. Yep, like less is more to me. Mm-hmm. What I don't want to see, but is one of my predictions, is I don't want to see this character being given a massive con like monologue. <laughs> yeah. And my prediction is, before this series is done, we're going to get a poorly written, slapped together with metaphors and strange language, like, thing. Which we've seen. We've seen with Classic Trek. Like, one of the things that I forgot to mention about my whole liking Picard's answer to to uh, his Romulan lover saying, oh, you wanted to be with Crusher. If this was old... Star Trek Picard, he would have probably had a monologue yep. when they when he asked that question. He would have been like, our souls were connected in a way that no two souls have ever found each other in the vastness of space. Like, that's what we get. We're going to get that from this villain. That's one of my predictions. I don't want it because I agree with you, like, less is more. Because sometimes when she talks, I'm like, I don't know if I want to hear much more from you. Yep. Like, I feel like you're scarier with giggles half-spoken language. I don't know why you're laughing so much, but it makes me kind of, like, creeped out yeah. laughing at this situation. So clearly there's, like, confidence and, like, she knows her ship cannot be beat. And I think it's a formidable, good-designed ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to see more, and I think we're going to see a lot more. Yeah, that yeah, that, that does seem to be where we're heading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's bold prediction number one. It's like, what's the stupidest thing I can think of for this character? Well, the stupidest thing is, is this character was an ensign on the Enterprise at some point in time. And now oh, no. they're about to oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Why are you putting these like, things into the world? <laughs> because because they're going to do something. Like, that. you know this person's going to be something. Like, it's not, it's, it's not going to be... It's not going to be what we want it to be, which is just a villain that we can fill in the blanks for and kind of learn little bits as we go, and maybe we don't have to know everything. Mm -hmm. This person, the dumbest thing I could think of, is this person used to be on the bridge of the Enterprise. (laughs) That's the dumbest thing. Ensign something (laughs) from some random episode. I believe it. I believe it. Data's love interest. Remember that episode? Oh. The the woman who dated Data. (laughs) It's going to be her. (laughs) Well, I can see how that dating Data would definitely send someone off the deep end, so this makes sense. Um, and then the next thing that I think kind of makes sense to do is talk about Shaw right now. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, Shaw a little bit more. Um, and I also have my prediction for him. But uh, let's go into a bit more detail. You kind of talked about it a bit. But what, what are your impressions on really the, the new character that we have the most info from right now is, is Shaw? Like, this is going to be kind of probably a little bit of a hot take, but I actually love Shaw. <laughs> um, oh, man, I don't like him that much. The, but, but, but the, <laughs> that, that's only because of my prediction. The, but the reason why I love him <laughs> and the reason why I also hate him is because everything he says is right. Like as much as that his disposition is bad, so that he, he is doesn't like Picard or Riker because he calls them like these like reckless people are going to come in and ruin everything. And everything he said has been accurate. Like this, the way that these two characters are written in this scenario, they are not good officers. They're not good people. 
they are like star they're star wars characters they're is like they're yeah they're not do, they're not doing a great job no and <laughs> and so i think that's the worst thing about this is that shaw should be a villain that that i should hate because he's saying all these mean things about characters that i know have honor and dignity but because of how this they're portrayed so far in this show everything he says i'm like yeah you're right these people did come in here and put all your crew at risk and it's like this was a very bad plan on their part. I don't know why they needed this ship. I'm sure they could have got a, like commissioned a ship somehow. They have money, right? Or whatever the equivalent is. It's like, um, I just don't understand why he's like the show is kind of like supposed say it supposes I'm supposed to be on Picard's side when he keeps making all the wrong decisions and the person who's calling it is supposed to be the villain. <laughs> yeah, I I do agree. Like I agree with what you're saying in terms of he's been right. Um, what I, I guess, again, I'm, I'm letting my own thoughts of where they're going with him mm-hmm. interfere. Um, my feelings on him really are just, I mis, misdirected anger is what I feel a character has when you don't really explain or address it fully. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's just been angry and I, we don't know the reason yet, which I guess could in theory be something we're going to find out mm-hmm. but i just feel like i i want some context and if i don't get context what i want is a character to be like this is kind of weird that he's like really aggressive towards you i wonder why like i kind of want that moment so it's just not bad acting choices or bad writing choices because mm. i just don't trust the writers are they just making him a character like that because like well we need an antagonist yeah so it can be this captain who's just angry yeah but like even though he is like he definitely seems someone who's just like bitter and unhappy and that is kind of a weird star trek character to have but i do really like the moment (laughs) at the end of episode i guess it's end of episode two when picard effectively overrides him is like and says we're doing this thing and there's that moment where he's like why and picard explains his reasoning and he just takes a moment he's like Okay, and then it's like, and just kind of like goes to work. And I, I like that was a good moment. I like, uh, I really like characters that just are really able to put, like, to express to me the feeling of being put upon, the feeling of like, my goodness, I woke up this morning and all I had to do was go from one side of this stupid solar system to the other for this dumb Federation day, um, and mm-hmm. instead here I am because all these people came in and are just ruining it. Is like from another TV show. Um, I just, yeah. I kind of like, I, I really, I, I am feeling way too much for him much like how now when i watch winnie the pooh and i'm with again i'm watching rabbit be unhappy with everyone i'm like yeah like him i think that's the way i would feel (laughs) (laughs) you you sympathize with rabbit i do i have a lot of old man energy these days and rabbit is a wonderful representation of all that is cranky (laughs) yeah i i agree i think that was one of my one of my highlight moments because that seemed star Mm trekking to me where he doesn't believe this is the best course of action, but one, your Admiral just gave you a command Two, the reason that he gives, you can see on Shaw's face that he's like, I'd probably do the same. Yeah. He's like, that's, like, that's a good enough reason. Bad, that's good enough for me. And then, yeah, like he may complain a bit and I, you know, that's fine, but he gets to work. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, then that's what we're doing. And because he's a Starfleet officer, I disagree with everything you're saying. I voice my concerns. You've made a decision. I'm doing the thing you want done. 
and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because that's what a Starfleet officer does. So yeah, that was definitely a good moment. Um, Want to hear my prediction? I do. I would love to hear this prediction. So I I think it's extremely clear to me that he he hates Picard because of what happened with the board. So this is going to be a so, repeat of the DS9 beginning. Yep. Except, okay, but I did the math. Shaw isn't that old. Like, he doesn't look... So, this is my bold prediction. And it might even be too good, so it might be wrong. I think he was a kid on one of the ships. Mm. And his entire family and all his friends were on board that ship and died, except for him. Yeah. So, as a kid, you can't process that emotion. It would just be anger. Anger. Not being able to understand that Picard didn't wasn't you know uh, it wasn't his choice he was being forced to do this he wouldn't understand that as a kid and if you grow up and never address that even as an adult that could explain his childish anger and behavior because if he still had like if he was again this might be too good if he was damaged as a kid he might be thinking being younger being a kid on board a ship where starships are supposed to be safe they have families on their ships and yet in this battle he lost everything mm. So I think it's going to be definitely a... Re- I think it would be dumb if it's just like, I was an officer on the ship. I think he's too... He, he's too young. Like, do the math. It's a... It, like, these guys are old. Like, this would have been a long time. He would have at least been, like, maybe a teenager or something. So maybe he was just a younger person on the ship and he lost everything. Mm. Yeah, it could That's be. Is like, it would explain his um, refusal to address Seven of Nine by her name. Yes. Um, yeah. It's like, and it would... Yeah, I'm trying to think because the timeline is so weird because, you know, like, it's like Patrick Stewart, like, God bless him. It looks like he's like 150 years old in this. <laughs> it's like, um, but like, you know, he's probably in his like 80s. Um, they keep on giving it as 20 years. It's been 20 years since him and Beverly Crusher last saw each other, apparently when they were still when she was like still on the Enterprise or like or like they were just about to like yeah, leaving the Enterprise. That was, yeah. So that was before Nemesis. I don't know if you caught that. Because they explained it was before, because she said something about when they were talking in C- in episode three. Mm. She said something about like, oh, and then it was a praetor. Yeah. And then it was this. So I think what it, this thing that happened, happened before Nemesis. So it's been at least 20 years-ish since around Nemesis. Yeah. Like that's our last time. So that alone was at least six or seven years from from the the battle of wolf three yeah at least least, maybe a decade maybe it might be closer to a decade but it's been a yeah because all of deep space nine happens in between yeah and that takes place over about 10 years so yeah it's at least a decade so we're talking about 30 years yes like it's a long time yeah okay so that means that this like supposed fling that happened between picard and zay and her if it happened in between is it maybe like before nemesis maybe in between insurrection and nemesis in between ne- insurrection and nemesis. Yeah, so yeah, that means that got. means because Anish really made an impact on him if he was I guess so. Anish <laughs> yeah. really stuck there because yeah. So I guess because of time, we really need to get into this and again we're spoiling it. So basically, Picard and Beverly had a fling, had a one nighter that happened at some waterfall or something at shore leave, which Picard would never have taken at that time, but anyway, whatever. Um and it definitely would have happened before Nemesis because at one of the reasons why she didn't tell him that she got pregnant, oh, big spoiler, <laughs> um, was because 
everything kept happening. Yeah. He would never leave Starfleet. Again, this is 100% accurate. You're never going to leave Starfleet. It's always been about that. You've never wanted a family. You've said it a million times. Like, I was scared, et cetera, et cetera. I get that. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the motivations and stuff, I was like, I'm on board for this. Like, this makes total sense. And she was leaving anyway. And, she, and she's always been so independent and strong on her own that you, Beverly Crusher would 100% just go off and do this. Right? And yeah. you're like, well, I'm, I'm just going to have this kid and raise this kid. Um, shall we talk about that? Shall we talk about Jack Crusher? I guess, I guess um, we probably should, yeah. <laughs> can, can, I, can I tell you, before we get into it, can I tell you what my, I had two, I came up with two, two things. And as I said, I was right. I said, okay, this is Picard's kid. Yeah. Just like Rathacon, we're going to have like a kid. Do you want to know what the stupidest thing I came up with? Well, I had one above it. I'm like, well, this would be too stupid, but maybe that's what. Was it did. the reason why he had a British accent? <laughs> no, that, did, have they explained that? Yeah, I think she, I she's, okay. she, she said that he, um, that he went to school in London and he never dropped the accent afterwards. Oh, he went to school in London. Yeah. Okay. That would have made sense. Cause that, okay. They've established that a lot of kids go back to, earth to go to school yeah no so that would make sense yeah because i'm like didn't you grow up in space like why do you have an accent um so my bold prediction for him was that he was actually a clone of jack crusher like of her first husband i was like that's the stupidest thing i could think of yeah is him being a clone of jack crusher and even it would have fit like i i was i was getting when Riker was like do you not see what i see in patrick picard about it i was then changing my mind like okay i guess it is the kid thing but there's a part of me like well that might still fit yeah because Riker would definitely know what jack crusher looked like he's close to both of them that kind of would have still fit so i was still on the fence Mm. um but you know it's picard had a kid i guess that makes kind of sense sort of i don't know yeah i don't know it just seems like the the cheapest choice to make for to get some (laughs) drama Well, I don't know. I still think the clone is cheaper and stupider. But. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like it's it, you know this is it's one of those scenarios where it happened. And I was just kind of like, sure. <laughs> it's like this will this will give us at least some good um, scenery chewing from Patrick Stewart. So okay, let's do it. And and listen, nothing like that. That young actor they got, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Like I gotta say, he like and and the things they're doing with his character and his stuff. Like I've kind of enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Like him being. That the crew not being sure what to do with him. He's kind of an outlaw all over the place. What do we do with this guy? Do we trust him? Do we not? And he plays it really well. Um, so I've kind of liked his stuff for the most part. It's just, yeah, I when that happened, I kind of just groaned. I'm like, uh, right, of course. <laughs> like, cause that's the big moment you were alluding to. Yeah, that was the big moment I was alluding in, to. Yeah. In in episode two, near the end, where basically he overrides Captain Shaw Picard does and says, like, you know, this is what we're doing. We're going to, you know, fight them. We're going to run. We're going to do whatever. We're not going to give them up. And Shaw's like, why? Why are you doing this? He said, because it's my son. And that's when Shaw gives the kind of eye roll. <laughs> All right, fine. All right. And then <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know uh, if you've ever had this. I don't know if you uh, have ever played recreational sports, Tyler. I don't know if you leave your lab and get some exercise. Um, but I that's one of the things that I do for exercises, play recreational sports. And it's, it's like when you're playing rec sports and one of your teammates mouths off to someone or pushes someone and suddenly like a scuffle and you have to jump in. Mm. That's how I feel. Where I'm like, Oh, I got to get in here. Like, I don't want to, but I have to jump into this because some of them jumped in and now it's three on one. And like, I got to get in there. 
that's basically what Captain Shaw felt, where it's like, I have to fight these people now. Yeah. And I don't want to. <laughs> exactly. You don't mess with the goalie. And then it's like it's one of those exactly. it's one of those scenarios that like if he's like even <laughs> afterwards where it's like, why did you get into the fight? He's like, he pushed my goalie. It's like, oh, okay, well fine. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, There's something we can yeah, do. Yeah, you should have done that. <laughs> yeah, it's I just there was always that unspoken thing or somewhat spoken between Crusher and Picard, like Beverly Crusher and Jolly Picard. And like, are they, you know, and they had like really, ex- really adult reasons mm-hmm. why they would never get together. And that's what I mean about the teenage thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still don't buy it that that's what would happen. Like one, one, I don't think Jean-Luc Picard is a one night stand kind of person. Um, and two, the emotional baggage the two of them have together and the connections, I feel like there would be a million conversations after that happened. Yeah. Like, I just feel like there would have been an opportunity to tell him you're pregnant because I feel like Jean-Luc Picard would have been like, we have to talk about this and we have to talk about it and we have to have these conversations because they kind of did that. Like there was an episode of TNG where they kind of had to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, And it's nice to know that contraceptive is just as unreliable in the future as it is now. That happens a lot in Star Trek. So it seems. Oh, you're not there yet. It happens in Deep Space Nine, too. And, and and the the character's like, wait a minute, but we take these injections. And the person's like, yeah, well, one of us forgot. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so if you forget to take one injection, you just like be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> they haven't figured out everything, I guess. No, no. It's an injection, though. That's what that's what you know about Star Trek. That's in canon. Okay, well, that's good to know. Some sort of injection. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you could see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. So it just is what it is. And yeah, I mean, the third episode was a bit better than the second one. Mm-hmm. And I think we did get a little bit of scene chewing, as you're saying, from, from Picard. Like, I think we got a little bit of that and I, maybe we'll see more. I don't know. Like, are they going to have scenes together? I don't know. Like, I don't know how he's going to react to this. No, I don't know. Like, the, the conversation him and uh, Beverly have is, I think, like, probably one of the highlights for me in the series so far, because it felt more yeah, like great. an origi- like a TNG, like, argument, like, where great both scene. people are yeah. presenting their cases, and they're both obviously in the wrong, but also in the right in other ways. Like, and I think the thing that Picard says about, like, her trying to use his past against him and he's like i i realize now that i would i could never be my father but i could have known 20 years earlier was very potent i felt that was very strong i really did like that and you're right and we'll give them credit like that was a good scene Mm -hmm. and we've had a few moments in this show where they've shown good scene writing and good scene work and not like i even think the conversations that picard and Riker have had Aside from the yelling one. Yeah. Every other one except the one where they're screaming at each other has been pretty good. Yeah. Like they they get that point across really well. There's a connection between all these characters that don't show it a long time. I really like that point you brought up. I think that the two counterpoints between Picard and Crusher and kind of seeing both of their sides is very Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do agree with that. We have to really quickly talk about Raffi and, and Worf. Yep. And what the heck's going on over there? Because we haven't. There's a couple um, fans who kind of brought that up. Um, so just a couple quick quick emails to read, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, so Jacob says, um, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on Picard Season 3, Episodes 1, 2, 3, and 4. This must have been uh, a today email. Mm. Um, 
I'm really interested to see your thoughts on it specifically. I'd love to, to hear you talk about Michael Dorn. He was always one of my favorites from Star Trek Deep Space Nine and TNG. Um, and then we got another email here from Christopher um, who says, um, really love the pilot for Star Trek Picard season three. I would really love to hear both of your thoughts on it. You should bring Tyler back on the show uh, to talk about this. I'm really looking forward to see Worf and Jordy and some of the people we haven't seen yet in this series. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about Worf yep. and Raffi and what's going on there. So what are your thoughts? Well, as I said, Raffi's energy, like her strange, like strung out, always squinting, like it seems like she's constantly in pain. Energy is very much at like, in a strange limbo with the rest of the show until Michael Doran shows up. Um, I don't know exactly where you're going to fall in this, but I got to say that like, like Michael Dorn is looking good. He's look he's like, he's like one of the only people in this uh, so far that I'm kind of like, wow, he's really just like aged into the perfect version of what I hope that Worf would be. He's like at this stage. He can't, he can't walk though. Yeah, that's true. The actor can't walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so they got a, they got a stunt to do all his fighting because the actor can't really walk really well. Um, but yes, yeah, I will agree aesthetically, and even the way he sounds, that's very much an aged war. Yes. Like, it makes sense. It does make sense. They are giving him some of the quirkiness that you, is like, that I think you were alluding to before, and is like, which <sighs> the, is the tea the, thing. The chamomile tea <laughs> thing is like, I, I gotta say that the thing I do like about his character right now is that he is the only character who's providing what I was talking about at the beginning of Picard that I liked. A character who was like from the old ways. That is now in this new like Alex Kurtzman universe and trying to provide some sort of stabilizing account of everything. Like Raffi's character is like and like her beat became like way more interesting when she was playing off of Worf's like kind of calm, cool demeanor. Um, I really enjoyed that watching like Kurtzman, like the Kurtzman like angst banging up against this immovable object that is Michael Dorn. I'm just kind of like, it is fine. We are all good. And I'm like, okay, I yeah. I, appre I appreciate that. He's a little maybe too quirky for my taste but at the moment i'm actually he's probably the the character that i'm enjoying most from the old uh the old ways at the moment yeah and i i i will agree with that i think my problem is is the the reveal of when they're when they got there interrogating that guy they captured mm. i have some issues with with just the again they're, they're they don't care about the the star trek canonic time maybe they'll explain it a little bit more but I just have some issues with the changelings, mm. but my my thing with with Michael Dorn and Worf, he definitely brings that element that made that storyline watchable. Like the fact that he was the one communicating with Raffi the whole time, the fact that he came in to kind of rescue her in that moment, the fact that he's kind of he's a really good counterpoint to her yeah. because of her kind of honestly spastic druggy energy yeah. that she gives. He's just the exact opposite and it does work for that i just i still think what they're doing is really stupid um because it does feel very star warsy when when she goes to that planet um and meets with people like it didn't feel that, that's not really what happens in star trek like they go to these weird planets and there's kind of this underbelly and i just i hate shortening technology to tech mm. <laughs> like portal tech your portal tech yeah. tech tech i'm like this again just say the full word. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's not good. It's not interesting. It's not great dialogue. I'm not like, ooh, I'm so tintillated by this tech. Um, like, I thought I thought the portal thing was kind of an interesting weapon. It's an interesting weapon and, choice, yeah. Yeah. 
And that I was like, okay, this is kind of unique and different, but I can't stand like Raffi's entire journey, which seemed to be nothing. And then Worf, like when Worf rescued her and then the scenes, the next episode with, with Worf, like I think end of two, he rescued her and then they got their scenes, whatever. That's where it started. I agree to get a little bit better. I just can't stand that side of it because it does feel like they're trying over here with with Picard and Riker and it's not great but it's close to the movies and it's all right and it's you know it's better than it was but then with Raffi it's just they're not it, it's honestly like Kurtzman wrote that part of it <laughs> we'll split it into two yep. he can have this half and the new showrunner who that guy who's clearly a big movie fan can have the other one um and that's just what it feels like yeah well and clearly a big movie fan because i think we mentioned briefly but it's like it is the the music for first, uh the movie first contact is the music that they're using for their like ending credits um yes. which is like an interesting choice it is one of my favorite scores from the um the new movie like the tng movies um but it just doesn't really fit because it is so like melodic and kind of like pretty and cozy and then as you're saying like all this kurtzman stuff is just so intense and like high energy manic even as they get times um and as much as i do like Worf, like it's like having him say i am working on myself or having raffi say the whole work-life balance thing i'm like we're still using those terms in the 23rd century are we that seems incredibly yeah. dated as like uh is like dated to 2023 actually <laughs> yeah 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 it definitely doesn't fit and the random swearing yeah, I can't stand. Like, I don't mind. A, I don't have a problem with character swearing in context of the world you build. Yeah. It doesn't fit in Star Trek. Yeah. And it doesn't fit because what the writers don't understand is that the humankind, humanity, or earthlings, or Terrans, whatever you want to call yourself, the group of people that are, are human beings have evolved beyond these pettiness things and it's fine it's fine to create a universe where well there's still a cd underbelly outside of the federation or like under the federation that's like into drugs fine i don't think human beings would be doing that like usually it's aliens because humanity has grown so far beyond that Mm. and okay you can say okay well humans are on different colonies and maybe they get influenced by different things fine but write that into it so it, it just goes against everything that star trek is and if you're going to call it Star Trek, I don't understand why you have to go against your own source material. I get growing, changing, adapting, changing to the times, but I just don't agree that this is what a TV show has to be. Like there are shows that are very successful that I don't think are like this. Like, I don't know why this has to be the successful show. Yeah. Like it's got, oh, we got to write it this way or people aren't going to watch it. Well, it does very much feel like uh, Star Wars has like creeped its way into this in a lot of ways, which has been true of Star Trek ever since Star Wars came out. There's like the, yeah, the two yeah. of them have been in constant <laughs> communication with each other ever since. And usually to Star Trek's detriment, um, the, yeah. just because. Except, except, I mean, we got Wrath of Khan because of Star yeah, Wars, we... right? Like that was a direct. Oh, definitely. And we also got the J.J. Abrams movies because he was a Star mm-hmm. Wars fan. And like, it's like yeah. those and you can feel it, right? Like that, that high energy, yeah. like a kind of aspect of it was definitely very Star Warsy. Um, and as like just every Star Wars property in the world, whether it's Star Wars or not, or if it's Ant-Man, Quantumanium or whatever, they all require a cantina scene of some sort with a bunch of aliens that you've never <laughs> seen. It's like, and it's just like the, every time one of those scenes shows up in any movie now, I just roll my eyes so hard. <laughs> I'm like, okay. This... Well, one of the things that J.J. Abrams did right was character development. Yeah. Kirk, Spock, McCoy, everyone in, in the first movie, moving through to the third movie, they've grown. Yeah. 
Like they they act like children they do. in the first movie because they are children. Mm-hmm. And they act like they act kind of their age, maybe a little young, but they don't act that way as the movie goes on yep. because the characters change. Kirk gets humbled in the second movie. By by beyond, he's an adult. Still has some quirkiness to him because you build a good character and you have a good actor playing them. But that's something this show is still missing. And I think it's so apparent that they're course correcting because this could have been season one, episode one of Picard. Definitely. And I'm kind of pretending that this is it. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice <laughs> if it was. Um, but it is kind of one of those scenarios where I, I don't really know where it's going to go from here. The ending of the third episode has this kind of like really dark turn where Picard manages to, I guess, convince Riker to attack the ship and it goes terribly. Oh, right. And they're falling through the anomaly, yeah. right? Like they're, they're stuck in the nebula. And yeah, Riker yeah. tells Picard to leave the bridge because he's just killed us all. And yeah. it's like, and it's just like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, so what happened to you two sharing a bunk bed a little while ago? And like, complaining yeah, yeah. Was like that, that was, was fun. Quirky. Yeah, but It wasn't that great. I really enjoyed that. That lasted for all of what, one episode before we had to like, yeah. go back to this. Uh, yeah yeah where this is going is a good question um again i think my predictions are shaw was a kid um and and at wolf 359 and that's why he hates picard mm-hmm. i think here's a bold prediction for you i think we're gonna lose this villain soon yeah probably. i think, I I think they're gonna you know, like i think she'll die or they'll defeat her or they'll do something because i think it just seems like they're gonna get rid of her halfway through and then continue forward um because like who's Brent Spiner playing? Because he's in it. Yeah, I think he's playing um, this his the same character that he played in uh, season one. It was like a uh, Nian Soon's oh, like, his, like long lost grandson, legitimate long lost grandson. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, okay. So soon, soon we'll come back. Okay, I was gonna say because Brent Spiner's in it, but we haven't seen him yet. We haven't seen LaForge yet no. either. Um, so they're gonna eventually come into play. So to me, it just seems like it. The feeling I'm getting is halfway through this season they'll defeat this villain, reveal the bigger plot, and then things will continue forward. Yeah. Is this supposed to be the last season of Picard? Yeah, they're done. But but get this, Tyler, get this. So they're done. Mm -hmm. They've already got three spinoffs in the works. For whom? Whom is getting a spinoff? Oh, is Shaw getting one? I'd watch that. (laughs) So there's a Shaw spinoff that they're considering. Perfect. I would love Um, to just watch Shaw go throughout Star Trek and just yuck everyone's yum. (laughs) You're going to love this. A Worf Raffi spinoff. Oh, good. That's uh, and great and a me. Jack Crusher spin. I will not be Those watching three that. that consider. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's like, why would you end it at three and then have all these spinoffs? Anyway, I don't know. They, they don't know what they're doing. No. They're just hoping they're course correcting and hoping. And yeah, like I'm of the same mindset of you. I don't 100% know where this is going. I don't think it's going anywhere good. I'm a little concerned. Um, all I can say is that season three of Lower Decks is pretty good. You should come on over. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, uh, I might uh, I might check it out. Um, we're we're running out of time here. Um, I guess at the end of the day, we did this because you asked us, fans. Um, we had so many people write in. Um, I know some of you just asked us review. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to read through everything, but I promise to to send a quick message back to everyone um, to let you know that this episode is coming out. It will be out soon. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And frankly, we're only coming back to this topic. If you think, like, if you ask us to, if you want us to review the rest of the season, we'll do one more episode to review the rest of season three. But again, only if you want us to. So definitely write in again and definitely listen to this episode and let us know. Because if you want us to review it again, we're only going to do it because of you. 
this. We're not going to do this on our own. No. <laughs> no, I, we, have, I have, we have better things to I have, do. I could just be rewatching TNG, although I can't anymore because it's on Netflix and my Netflix went away. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that, that happens. The um, thank, thank you so much, Tyler, for doing this. I know our fans appreciate it. Um, I thank you for, for answering the call when they came a calling. I... I will always answer the call, even though it, uh, I might drag my feet and uh, and complain. I might become a Captain Shaw as we go through this process. <laughs> but much like Captain <laughs> Shaw, when someone tells me the reason we got 14 emails for it, I'm like, okay, we got to do this. Let's go. <laughs> you are going to watch a Captain Shaw. I will. You know what? I'm the more yeah. I've talked myself into liking him a lot more than I think I did <laughs> while I was watching. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much to all of you again. We hope you enjoy this episode. We're hoping for the best. We might see you later. And uh, as Taylor says, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.